All right, guys, welcome back to the Home Advantage Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jude Swisher, and I'm joined today by a very special guest. Uh, he is none other, none other than the 2018 world champion at 86 kilograms, and, uh, and my coach, uh, David Taylor. Coach David, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Jude. Yeah, uh, hey, it's been, it's been a couple minutes since you've been on the show. Um, I think we had you back earlier this summer for, um, you know, the, the fantasy dual meets and whatever. But I think the last time you were here for an interview was, it's got to be last October or November. So it's been almost, uh, it's been over a year since you've been back on for an interview. Um, what kind of, what kind of stuff has been going on in, in David Taylor land over there? It's crazy. It's always, uh, it's always busy evolving, but you know, really, I don't know, I guess since the last time we talked, uh, I don't know if anything's too, too, too different. I mean, I, I just say right now, it's just, you know, kind of the fine tuning details, getting ready for the Olympic trials. And you know, I think in the last time we talked, I guess we were kind of getting ready for what was going to be the 2020 trials. I was just going back from my, now I'm obviously fully recovered and, you know, having basically everything being a year delayed. So now we're middle of January and getting ready for early, early April trials and, um, just making the most of every single day. Yeah. So, um, well, congratulations on your recent victory against Jordan Burroughs. That was a match. I mean, we've all talked about and, and, um, you know, there's been a lot of hype and build up for it in the past, I mean, two or three or four months even. Um, so before the match was even set, how long have you wanted to, you know, get this revenge, you know, just get another opportunity at wrestling JB. Obviously you wrestle him at, um, you know, like training camps and things like that. Um, but how long has he been on your radar? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, he's been on the radar. I think, you know, it's just kind of, that's just part of my past, you know, like the guys that I've wrestled have, have all helped me get to where I am now. You know, I think it took, took a lot of, of the losses that I had against him, you know, previously earlier in my career and, and was trying to continue to get better from them. And, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, obviously we've trained a lot in training camps and things mm -hmm. to that effect. So I just say it was more just as these COVID times started coming up and, and these, you know, these, you know, kind of dream fantasy type matches become more available, more accessible Then obviously he was one of those top guys on the list. So this is a guy that, you know, anytime you get a chance to wrestle someone that's beaten you in the past, you know, that's something to be excited about. And obviously to wrestle someone of, of Jordan's caliber and um, standing in the wrestling community, you know, you knew that it could be something, you know, pretty big for the fans and stuff. So right. um, I would say that it's, was on my radar by any means, but you know, as it became a possibility, it was something to be excited about. Now you, you did call out Sajulayev after uh, what was that? June, June, July, just about there. Um, and he didn't, he kind of responded, not super interested. Was there any talk about, you know, making a Sajulayev match happen or um, you know, what's the deal with that? Yeah. You know, I think again, you, you, I'm like at 86, you know, I'm kind of like in the middle of a lot of big potential fantasy type matches, you yep. know, like guys below me, guys above me, you know, so obviously anytime you get a chance to wrestle guys like that, it's pretty cool. And I would say Sajulai was, it was interested, you know, I just think that they, you know, Russia as a country and just like anyone, but Russia is known to really like work backwards in the quad. So the Olympics is like their primary focus and they kind of work backwards for them. So I would say, right. 
and, and kind of where he's at in his career, you know, he's looking for a, a second Olympic gold medal. That's where they're at, you know? And I think that his comment was like, you know, I'm not really interested in these uh, one-off matches. You know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in training. And that's a really, I thought his response made a lot of sense. You know, I think mm-hmm. I mentioned that in my last match, you know, people were like, well, who do you want to wrestle next? And I'm like, well, I got a little carried away probably with these, you know, these looking at these opportunities, wrestling these big matches, but you know, calling people out and stuff like that just kind of is a different path that I don't really want to go down. You know, obviously I'm excited to wrestle these guys and I, you know, tried to make the most of the opportunity that we had, but now it's just, let's get back to the basics and let's really get focused for the, that Olympic gold medal. You know, I mean, that's just kind of, that's the primary, primary thing. If you look back, you know, in a couple of years from now or 10, 20, whatever it is. And you said, man, I was super excited wrestling all these, chasing all these like exciting matches and I got distracted and, and miss out an opportunity to do something right. I want to I'm, you know, I would be frustrated with that. So, you know, I think that when he said that, you know, his response essentially like, Hey, you know, I'm you know, gold medals are, or something effective, you know, they're the most important thing, you know? And I think, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, it's pretty wise, pretty wise comment. You know, that's kind of where I, as I finished this Jordan match, just getting refocused for that. Hmm, that's, that's yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, And it's interesting because I was thinking about it the other day, uh, you, take Lee Kemp, for example, who was a guy who won, you know, three world championships. Right. And he was by all means, like he was the favorite to go win the Olympics. But since, um, you know, that year, we didn't send a a team to the Olympic games. Um, He never got that opportunity to win that gold medal. And as a result, like, you know, his, his fame and stuff was, was just attracted from like, because if you have that, you know, Olympic, gold like you that just sticks with you for the rest of your life like wherever you go you will be olympic gold medalist um and i know that burroughs talked about it on he went on the joe rogan podcast and talked about like you know when he gets announced he's not world champion jordan burroughs he's olympic gold medalist jordan burroughs like that is the it's the the gold standard right so um smart for sad alive and smart for set for uh for you too just to you know realign your priorities right um, but, uh, so, but recently you also wrestled Gabe Dean, um, and, you know, between, uh, you know, you got this upcoming match with Gabe Dean and you talked a little bit about this on the, the flow podcast, but can you take us back through what kind of effect did the, the chatter with, with Jordan, you know, like the, the back and forth on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, what, what effect did that have on you, uh, mentally? going into match, you know, the match with Gabe Dean? Yeah. I mean, it's just been, it's a great question. And I think when, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess just you know, kind of gather my thoughts a little bit, but when you have a match with a guy like, like Jordan, you know, it's, it, it's so weighs so heavily on, on your mind, you know, for so many you know, emotion, the excitement, the, you know, whatever the perceived, uh, I guess, uh, you know, what do you gain? What do you lose in a match like that? You know, obviously right. it, but when you think about why, why did Jordan and I wanted to wrestle, it was, and I talked about this a couple of times, there was no Olympics. There was no world championships. It was a match that we both perceived as this high level match that we could prepare for. Like it was that big event, mm-hmm. you know, and that takes nothing away from the other matches that we wrestled, you know, along the way, you know, obviously the, 
it was, you know, Jordan was kind of like where I wanted to wrestle. That was what we were planning on. But, you know, he, he was going to wrestle as a heat prior to that. You know, I wanted to wrestle a match before wrestling Jordan and, and the Gabe Dean match came up, especially as he came back and you know won, won the senior nationals and um, was looking you know really good. I'm like, Hey, this is, this is a match that I never got a chance to wrestle college just to be an exciting match, but it was kind of, I wasn't able to put the the focus and attention into preparing for that match as I should have mm. because of this drama that was going on with Jordan and was a match going to happen, you know, what, whatever it is, not to rehash that by any means, but it's amazing to be at this point in my career where I've wrestled so many different matches, big matches, opportunities, but now with this, with these like kind of prize fight matches that have been put up, it's a whole different experience. It's a whole different preparation to prepare for one six minute match, you know, and how to, how to compartmentalize and prioritize, not a tournament, not winning three or four matches, but to, you know, to, to get a match, but you have another one down the road that's kind of lined up and not really lined up. So, um, you know, the Gabe match was, um, you know, just, it was a good learning experience. Again, just of, uh, I hadn't made weight in a while, you know, making weight, right. performing against a guy that had weighed in and wrestled multiple times. You know, I was really in the, in the beginning of my training cycle of getting ready for the Jordan match. Um, and I probably just didn't, uh, I just, I didn't feel like I really put in the preparation needed for that match. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was a little bit of a wake up call afterwards of being like, Hey, these dudes are coming after me, you know, I, I need to be focused and be ready to go. So I was able to really kind of buckle down and get really focused, you know, obviously leading in into my match with Jordan. I thought I had a really good training cycle. So, you know, I look at where I am right now. I've had two really tough competitive matches and I, you know, although I haven't had the tournaments, I missed France. Um, I feel like I've gotten what I needed. I think I've made the most of this, you know, COVID time of preparing and having, you know, th- well, even the miles Martin match, three really good quality opponents. And, uh, you know, and obviously now using my experience um, uh, of really focusing in and knowing exactly what I need to do to get ready in April. Um, now, does okay? What would you say the the biggest takeaway from the Dean match was for you personally? Do you think it was, um, you know, more of a mental thing, more of just a preparation thing? The, just the, the if you could. Um, summarize the takeaway from that Gabe Dean match, what would it be? I mean, that guy is prepared, you know, I mean, he, he has a, a great skill set. He's got a great training environment, you know, um, you know, and I think that uh, just realizing, Hey, there's still, still things that I need to continue to work on. Um, there's definitely some things that I got to continue to improve on. And um, I, what I liked about that match is I, you know, I was really challenged late, you know, I right. think he, he came at me late and um, you know, to be in a situation, you know, I had to defend, you know, it was, it was, it was the, the outcome of the match, you know, I get taken down, I lose, you know, and having to defend late. Um, those are just good experiences to have. Um, but Again, it's just uh, and people like I think get lost in the shuffle. You know, they look at me and they they think about these dominating performances and all this kind of stuff. But over the last three or four years, you know, in tournaments, I've had matches where I've had to win like that. You know, right. and, and I I'm a guy who builds has to go. You know, I'm going to be better the bigger the matches are. Um, but I've had you know in the Oregon, I was down four zero to the Cuban, and I had, of course two takedowns in the last minute. You know, I I wrestled again at the Pan Ams you know, and I won three to two, you know, but those, a lot of times they're, they're just not really thought or talked about as much because they're overseas. They're at four 30 in the morning, but right. people kind of wake up and they see the fun. 
So, you know, you getting challenged is a super important process, you know, um, because as a competitor, you want to always put forth a better, uh, you know, something you want to be a better version the next time you step on the mat. So, you know, I, I was having this conversation with Nick Lewandowski actually earlier today. And it's just like, I think during those times you have those tournaments, well, if you're wrestling, you know, 30 matches, you're going to have three or four matches that, you know, you come back and man, these weren't my best matches. You're going to have 20, 25 matches that you feel better and you're going to ebb and flow with the things you're working on. And they don't always all come together at one time. You know, we talked about this at the club, like you're going to, you want to have different ways that you can score. And um, you obviously, you don't want to be at your best at the first match of the season. You want to be your best in your last match of the season, you know, when it's a gold medal match. So I think that's what these matches have done is I've been challenged in both the matches that I've wrestled in. And now I can go back and say, yeah, I improved in these areas. Um, you know, I, I, I need to continue to improve in these areas. So obviously you're always looking forward to just getting a little bit better. Mm. Nice. So, uh, you know, you're building up for this Jordan Burroughs match. Unfortunately, you get contact traced. Um, and I know you talked about, you know, all the emotions that came with that. Um, who did you, who did you call first as soon as you heard, you know, that you're not going to be able to compete on Saturday. Like, who did you call first? Uh, I mean, I just I felt obligated to call. You know, the uh, my contact with Flow, Flow Sports, the guy that I've been communicating with most of this time with the process, mm-hmm. and you know, it was just like it was like a devastating call. You know, when it came to realization that I can't, I just you know, I don't have COVID, but right. I've been you know and by the cdc guidelines i can't travel i can't do these things you know as a competitor i'm like i feel fine i'll be ready to go but i'm like that's not really how the world works right now <laughs> right so i call and say hey listen you know i'm i have bad news and he's like are you sick i'm like no i'm not but i was you know contact trace and so we were just we had to talk through the scenarios you know and it ultimately mm-hmm. came down do you want to wrestle i'm like absolutely i want to wrestle so he's like okay we'll find out a way to make this happen kind of came back and you know between the protocols that we have here of our medical staff and the protocols that they put in place. And, and, and really at this point, there's not a lot of precedent for that, but um, the NFL was kind of the best precedent of what do they do with, with, with uh, contact tracing and, and right. repeated negative tests and just kind of put a protocol together. You know, I passed it. Um, you know, obviously I continue to have negative tests, no signs or symptoms. And uh, we got on a call and it was like, Hey, we, we feel like Wednesday is the best day. I'm, I said, okay, I'm ready. Where we got to go. And, you know, obviously it was, um, determined that we need to go to Lincoln. So it was just a matter of, okay, we're going to go to Lincoln. Yeah. And why was Lincoln decided? Like, why was that the choice? Um, I think, you know, for, for Jordan, it he, he basically said, Hey, it's Lincoln or bust at this point. Man. It needs to be winning, you know? And I think, um, you know, he was in Austin and I get it in his position. It, it sucks. Like he was down in Austin and, right. you know, then got the call that, that, you know, obviously the match wasn't going to happen. And, you know, he had some obligations that he had to fulfill flow sports and stuff that he was down there. I did the Joe Rogan podcast. So, I mean, it wasn't like going on, like going to Austin was a loss of time for him. I mean, you got on Joe Rogan, you know, he got to do the things that he needed to do while he was down there. You know, everybody's like, yeah, you know, you got to make that decision. Do I want to be in Austin for however many more days or do I want to go home and, and get ready and obviously wrestle in your home gym? Anyone, anytime you get the option to wrestle in your home gym, you're going to be like, yeah, I want to wrestle at home. Yeah. You know, right there. Um, so I can't really say what I would have done in his position, but that was kind of the, what he, his, his stance, you know, and I get it. Like you need to start get, getting his weight down and things like that as well. So, um, you know, that was just kind of what was presented, you know, and I just 
So, all right, well, obviously if it's in Lincoln, I hope, what do we got to do to try and make it as neutral as possible? You know, <laughs> I thought that flow sports did a great job, you know, in terms of, of that. And, you know, it was interesting. You know, I went, I, I we flew to, it's so, so last minute, you know, we flew in Monday. Um, Cause you know, now flow had to move all of their stuff from Austin into Lincoln to, right. to do that. So I get there, there's no wrestling mat. There's no sauna. There's no workout accommodations. So prior to leaving, you know, I had a couple friends in, in, in Nebraska or a friend in Nebraska that I had reached out to and said, Hey, you know, is there, do you know of a local gym in Lincoln that I could go to, you know, if I to have some privacy or to be able to have a place to train, you know, over the next couple of days leading up to this. So I'd already kind of had some wheels of motion. Um, I didn't know that I was going to have to rely on that a hundred percent or not have really any training, uh, opportunities while I was there you know I just kind of think I'm a man if we flip this and Jordan was in state college and he was making scratch weight and he didn't have a place to train he'd be probably pretty upset you know yeah. but you just got to roll with the punches you know it wasn't a, like a unique it was a unique situation but it actually really worked out well you know I was able to connect with um a local club there uh competitive edge sports wrestling academy you know they had a beautiful sp- facility they very accommodating basically hey here's a key you can come use it as as little as much as you want and it i mean it was lifesaver you know like if i don't have that venue i don't wrestle for a couple of days and how have been hard to get my weight down and be ready to go but having yeah. that venue, there, so mm, that's good and was uh, i know you had chenzo in your corner um was that always the plan was he gonna go down with you to austin yeah. So, you know, Chinzo was a guy that, you know, I've been training with him a lot over the last couple months, you know, he's been working out in the garage and lifting and training. So we've developed a pretty close relationship. And mm. I just say, hey, would you be interested in coming down with me, you know, for this event? He said, yeah. So, um, you know, with usually Casey Cunningham is the guy that always travels with me, but he's, he, uh, he, he had surgery on his shoulder. So he's out of commission from a wrestling standpoint. Mm. So he was in my corner to coach, but, and he was down there to help me run through stuff. But, uh, but Chenzo came down as a workout partner and, um, yeah, I mean, just thank him a lot, you know, take, it takes, it's a hard, humbling experience sometimes to be a competitor at the peak of your prime, you know, prime of your career and to go somewhere to just train for a couple of days, you know, and I really appreciate that, you know, him taking the time out of his schedule to come down and train and obviously Casey coming down to coach, you know, just very thankful for those things. Right. Um, so what, what was your technical mindset going into the match? What, uh, you know, obviously like your mental edge is your, you, you have a lot of confidence and you know, you're going to go out and take care of business. Um, but technically, did you have a game plan? Did you have anything that you were looking for specifically in the match? Yeah, I think in looking back of when I wrestled in the past, again, it's a tricky situation, right? Because, you know, I, I'm not here to, to, to say, Hey, this is the game plan to beat this guy. You know, this, this is right. a fellow American, you know, this is a guy that, um, I've been teammates with in the past. I mean, there's a really good chance we're going to be teammates in the future, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I had a plan of, of things that, you know, areas that I thought that I did in the past that I could improve in. Um, but my, I just, I still feel like the biggest change from when we wrestled then to now is just the experience of wrestling higher, higher level matches, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I, uh, I think I did a really good job for five minutes. And then with the minute left, I, I just thought about winning, you know, I, I was thinking about continuing to score. Um, so I, I did very disappointed about that. It could, it doesn't really feel that satisfying um, just because of the, you know, the way that I did wrestle last minute. I mean, that's just a decision that I made that, you know, is what it is, but um, 
So yeah, I mean, I look back at me, I was five great minutes and one stupid minute, but <laughs> right. again, it's all experience, you know, and I'm glad that I was able to get that. Mm. Why'd you guys uh, switch singlet colors? I didn't, was I supposed to be blue? I, well, t- that's what I had heard. I heard that you were supposed to be blue. And then now that now Jordan came out in a, you know, in his Olympic singlet, right? Oh, I only had a red singlet. So so it looks like there was no other option. Yeah. I mean, when we got down there, like bring your red and blue singlet. I said, I only brought a red singlet. So (laughs) I guess guess that's the advantage of, of, of waking up in your own bed and doing your laundry. You got a red and blue singlet accessible. So, and sometimes um, it's, you know, your Olympic gold singlet, you know, yeah, (laughs) that happens too. Yeah, that's funny. I, I, when we were making this, you know, obviously I was wearing my new scrap life shoes, a new color that's coming out. And I obviously wanted to have a singlet that matched that. So I wasn't even thinking about red or blue singlet, you know, these exhibition matches, there's really no such thing as red or blue. People call it black, red singlets or purple singlets or whatever they are. You know, it's, it's a really, it's been an interesting branding opportunity, you know? So I'm like, Hey, I want to, obviously I want this this singlet to pop and, and go with my shoe color. And that was just the, the color that, that we came up with. And, um, so it was nothing about red or blue. It was just the single that I had. It just happened to be more red than blue, I guess. I see. I see. So, okay. Uh, one of the things I noticed from watching your match is that you had really good awareness um, when Jordan was on the edge, you know, because that's one of the things he's the best at is like he can tow that line and he can use that edge just really, really well. Um, and you had talked about, I mean, earlier about how um, – uh, and w- one of the difference in your previous matches was that edge, right? You you were getting him towards the edge, and he ended up separating your let uh, your hands and ended up taking you out out of bounds, right? And that was the the difference in the match. Um, you know, did how did you prepare in? Um, where, was this like a point of emphasis for you, basically, like when Jordan was on the edge? Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, not to give away obviously things of what I do right. well or he does well, but you know, I think I'm pretty. I, I think you know one area that I have to continue to prove is his edge wrestling. I score a lot on the edge and I shoot on the edge a lot. Guys that that are really good on the edge, they've they've waited and scored on me there. You know, I think Krugly did it um, in the in the semis. Um, uh, you know, Jor- Jordan scored on me there before Dig scored on me before, um, you know, so Jaden scored on me before where I'm on the edge and I'm, I'm so aggressive and I'm, I'm done. And then I just basically shoot myself out of bounds or yep. really good reattack opportunity when they're waiting for it. And, uh, with Jordan, I just basically, as we got to the edge, I just didn't engage, you know, I kind of pressed him oh, there. Yeah. I just kind of back back off knowing that. And I, he said it in one of his interviews, you know, he expected me to shoot a lot and to shoot on the edge. And those are areas that he's, uh, you know, he's been able to, even in training, you know, like those are where a lot of his scores come from. Not a lot of manufacturing off his takedowns, but a lot of off my stuff. So I knew going into that, that so I definitely wrestled a more calculated match probably than what I would have previously. And those are two areas that were, you know, not overreacting when he started kind of going and um, being really smart on the edge. And I think, you know, obviously they definitely made a difference. And, um, and you attribute that to just more experience, um, you know, I mean, it's literally been how many years since you guys have wrestled last. Um, so just, just experience you attribute that to. Yeah. I mean, I think you just, you know, for, for, for me, it's just kind of trying to continue to find ways of where I can improve and, and areas where, you know, I don't give up a lot of scores and a lot of takedowns. Um, but when I do, you know, where, where are these coming from? And, and that was an area. And also knowing that he's, 
he's very, very, very good on the edge, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, I went in with mindset to win, you know, I wasn't going into, you know, earlier maybe in our career was about competing with Jordan, you know, or yeah, I compete. I think I can win, you know, where it's now it's like going and be like, yeah, I I definitely believe hundred percent. I was going to win the match. These are areas that I need to be smart in, you know? And so, um, was able to do that. And, uh, yeah, I think it definitely threw him off his game plan a little bit. That's good. Speaking of his game plan, um, one of the things I noticed is that uh, just his snaps, you know, he would, he snapped your hands, he snapped your head. Um, did you feel, did you feel that? Like, did you, did you sense that as his being his game plan? Cause it wasn't like, it didn't look like he was trying to blow through you or anything like that. It looked like he was just trying to create movement by when you would reach, he'd get your hands on the mat. Um, did you feel that? Yeah, I mean, Jordan's savvy. I mean, obviously, he wanted to win as well. So, I mean, he had a game plan. And um, everyone wrestles me with a game plan, you know, of what they think. And sometimes it's trial and error. And, um, you know, obviously, he he had things that he wanted to do and to execute, obviously, to try and give himself a chance to win. So, that obviously was something that he was trying to do. Hmm. Um, did you feel Did you feel him slip uh, on his knees? Oh, you know, I just, I, I mean, I pressure guys a lot. And when he shot, I down blocked and um, I mean, I don't know, just trying to score. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I went to gut him and obviously defend the gut and, you know, he popped up after a couple seconds and obviously shot with one minute left. So, right. um, you know, I don't, I don't really, can't really speak to that, but, um, but obviously just re- continue to wrestle through situations. You know, we talk about it all the time. You just got to always continue to wrestle through situations. And w- whenever the referee blows a whistle, you stop. So that's what I was doing. So um, looking towards, towards coaching now and you coach at the M2 training center, what, um, what are you going to take away from this match that you're going to look to implement into, um, you know, our practices and um, you know, cause uh, is, is that something you do often? Do you take away from your competition um, and, and try to implement it into our practices? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one thing that makes, you know, the club unique is, you know, we have really high level coaches that are still compete. I'm still actively competing, you know, Vincenzo is still actively complete competing. Mark and Eric are still actively practicing coaching at a really high level. So, you know, I, I don't know if there's really anywhere else that's like that. So, yeah, I mean, any, as I, we have our fundamentals and our baseline of what we're working on and, and the things that we want to work on, but it, as I make adjustments in practice or as I'm working on something, typically that's what I bring in with you guys. You know, we talk about right. that. Hey, and, and I think all of our coaches do that. You know, we all have what we, you know, again, what we feel very comfortable with, but those things change and evolve. Coaching and wrestling changes and evolves. You can't just keep doing the exact same thing you're doing for a long time. You have your system, but we got to continue to evolve from it. First, yeah. So, I mean, we'll definitely talk about stuff um, and continue to use that as a learning experience. I think for you guys too, I just, it's also like, I think, you know, as a, as a competitor, you know, I'm human, I make mistakes, you know, but I'll continue to work on it. We talk about that with you guys. It's okay to make mistakes because you've got to make them to learn, you know, and every time you compete, it's an opportunity to get a little bit better. And I would say that's the biggest thing that, you know, for people around the country or obviously specifically in our club is all right. Yeah. Well, you know, you just, no matter who you are, or what level you are, how much experience you've got to continue to improve. You guys still implement the things, you know, obviously when they matter the most um, and obviously being, being humble and understanding that, uh, I got to continue to improve as a competitor. I do as a coach, I get to continue to improve to help give you guys the best, you know, opportunities to be successful. So um, yeah, to answer your question, always trying to take whatever I'm doing and try and 
pass it on along to you guys. Now, when, when looking long-term, do you ever see yourself transitioning towards, um, you know, maybe division one coaching or senior level coaching, um, you know, maybe moving away from the club scene? I don't know. I mean, I think you know, I'll have opportunities down the road to do different things, but you know, I don't know. And a lot of those opportunities, I don't, at this point in time, like, I love coaching the Cub. You know, I, I don't, you know, Kendra asks me all the time, people ask me all the time, what do you want to do? I'm like, you know, if you ever want to get coaching, like, I am coaching, right. you know, and I love what I'm doing. You know, like, I, I, I like having the, the flexibility and the freedom to be able to kind of mold, mold you guys. You know, I think in a club, you, you have a lot of opportunities uh, to really kind of take kids at a young age and kind of mold them from a mindset and a wrestling and tactical and, and being on you guys about little details at a young age, all the way up through. And I don't think anything else allows you to do that. You know, you might have kids for a few years or four or five or six, whatever. I mean, with you guys, I mean, we're starting with kids at seven around for 10, 11 years during the prime development. And I think that to me is so exciting. Um, and I think we're starting to turn that corner right now. You know, we're four years in the club and at all ages and levels, you know, guys are starting to really kind of, really believe into what we're, we're working with and starting to really have success. So, you know, that, that to me is the most exciting. I love to compete you know, myself, but the club is probably, it's a, it's, it's rival there. It's as the most exciting thing for me, you know, and seeing you guys continue to have, have success and build and make improvements. You know, I, I really enjoy that aspect. Um, and you know, what, did you always feel that way? Like, was that your initial attraction to just youth and high school coaching was the, you know, the promise of being able to mold young wrestlers um, and, you know, to give them these good habits. Was that always um, what attracted you to it? I, I think once I got out of youth and high school, youth wrestling and stuff, I had no intention to ever go back. You know, yeah. I think you know, I'm like, yeah, I would never do that. You know, but I, I went on and I, I started thinking about, you know, what, what would really be exciting for me, I, I really thought about it more, you know, and I think, you know, as I started, it was kind of just like a dabble, but as time went on, you know, you start become fully ingrained, you know, I, I know, I know more about the youth wrestling middle school and high school circuit than I do probably the college circuit. <laughs> and I just because I, I know all the names, I know all you kids, and I, I'm, uh, constantly trying to, I mean, so I, it's a good, you know, I finished my match with Jordan and, and right away I shift to, okay, we got, we got a dozen athletes at Tulsa nationals, you right. know, like where, where are we at? Where's the bracket? What's their draw? You know, we're communicating with them about helping them make weight and, and recover and what to do after weigh-ins and before you wrestle and, you know, where they are in the bracket and stay focused one match at a time and, and giving them little game plans and things. So although I couldn't be there, you know, obviously I still am excited. It wasn't like, yo, I compete. I finished wrestling. What's next for me. I finished wrestling and instantly want to shift my attention towards the, the kids, you know, and I think, um, you know, back right back to, you know, schedule. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, I mean, me competing in the club are, I mean, they're you know, pretty 50, 50 for me. And, you know, talk about, talk about the, the kids performance at, at Tulsa nationals. how did we do overall? Pretty good. So we had, uh, we have four placers. So, I mean, I think, you know, a couple really cool takeaways, you know, first and foremost, you know, Evan Lazowski, who's been a kid that's like tough little dude, um, but just hasn't really been able to break through in the national tournaments. I see him in practice. I know how good he is, um, but he's really struggled with his first match. I think almost every term he's gone to, he's lost his first match. He's battled back. Well, Tulsa, same thing, loses his first match. You look at the bracket, you're like, wow, this is a, this is one of the biggest 
Tulsa Nationals brackets that we've seen in a long time. With all the COVID stuff, I feel like all the best kids and all, not only the best kids, but a lot of depth gravitated towards Tulsa Nationals this year. Big brackets, 64-man brackets plus. So you look at Evan, you're like, okay, we lost our first match. Where are we at? Oh, we eight, eight matches to get third place. It's going to be a long day. And it's just like he just cranks him out. So he lost, lost his first day. And I think he won, like, I think the next day won six in a row, seven oh in a row. Gosh. And uh, including beating the kid that beat him the first round. Comes back, gets third. So, you know, obviously I think that's, like, for him to kind of break through in place I think is great. Um, the way he did it, you know, and it's one, I obviously winning is great. First place is fantastic. Second place sucks. Make the finals, you lose the finals, but third place, especially when you lose first round. I mean, I think that's one of the most satisfying things as a competitor, because it's really kind of overcoming adversity and making the most of your opportunity. So really happy for him. Um, Asher Cunningham was third. Um, Max Dengis was second and, uh, Dalton Perry won. So I think, you know, having, you know, four, four athletes go down there and place in one of the toughest tournaments is great. We had a couple other guys that were right in the mix. You know, I think I'd like to see our kids continue to go to more tournaments. Yeah, I think it's important to learn how to navigate the tournaments along the way. Um, and for Dalton, you know, I think he, he beat two guys that he, he beat uh, Vince Buzakis, who, uh, who he's battled with his entire career. He's lost in the last couple of times. You know, they battle back and forth. He kind of found a way at the end. You know, he didn't really probably wrestle a great match, but found a way at the end and then he beat uh, O'Neill in the finals who beat Dalton two years ago in the state finals. So um, you know, that was a good tournament for him overcoming two guys that he had lost to previously. And uh, you know, Asher kind of breaking through uh, getting third place in a really tough bracket and Max uh, who lost in the finals and then had a battle and, and win a true second match. So really proud of all four of those guys. And um, you know, I know they'll, those are four of our most committed kids. And you know, I know they'll be back in practice as soon as they get back. Um, you know, trying to make improvements. So again, yeah. it's just step along the road. It's good. And I, I mean, that's probably the takeaway from, from all of this is like, let's just keep getting better, keep getting better, keep getting better. And uh, one foot in front of the other. So coach, um, I know you got to go, but thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Uh, we'll have you on again, probably some other time. Um, congratulations again on your, your victory. And um, I'll see you here soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Jude. No problem.